Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship to all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. We are a ministry of union. Greetings and welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. My name is Justin Schell, and I will be your host for today's conversation. We're so glad that you've joined us, and we hope that your time with us will strengthen you as you seek to know God, to delight in Christ, and to serve His church. Today, we will be talking with Paul Spear. Paul is the pastoral dean at Union School of Theology, and this is the first of three conversations we'll actually have with Paul. And we're going to really be covering pastoral ministry, pastoral theology, with 30 plus years of ministry experience in the local church, in networks of churches. Paul brings a wealth of experience and wisdom with him. And so we're so excited to have him for three conversations on the heart, the life, the ministry of the pastor. For this first conversation, we're going to be talking about the heart of the pastor. Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Uh, delight to be here. For those of our listeners who may not, uh, may not know you, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, Paul, where you're from, what you're up to these days? Uh, yes, I'm, so my name is Paul Spear. I'm from the, uh, I was born and bred in Bristol, so you'll hear a bit of an accent coming through, um, uh, West Country accent in the UK. Uh, I've been uh, a Christian for 37 years. I was converted at university and uh, I've been in ministry for quite a, quite a bit of the time since then. I was a teacher for a while. Uh, I served in uh, well three churches um, in various capacities. Uh, one one longer ministry in a place called Hemel Hempstead, which is to the north of London. Uh, most recently, I was uh, serving as the general secretary of a Baptist association in uh, London and uh, the southeast of England. And uh, then last August, I moved during lockdown, which was quite exciting and difficult thing to do. I moved from London to lovely Bridgend, and now I serve as the pastoral dean here at the Union School of Theology. And they've got to know about family. I'm married to my lovely wife, Fiona, who uh, is, uh, I think she's helping out in the library in the college right now, even as we speak. And uh, we have uh, three grown up children and uh, one little granddaughter, and uh, God willing, another one on the way later this year. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Paul, we're excited that we're going to get three conversations with you, all really focused on uh, the minister, the gospel minister. Yeah. And um, for this episode, we're, we're going to talk about, as you know, the character of a leader. Yeah. Uh, questions about leadership failure will, will come up. But before... We, before we get into the, the ugly side of, of this, help us understand uh, God's design for leadership. What does that look like? Yeah, thanks, Justin. That's a great subject, great 
place to start. Uh, I always find it somewhat amazing that the Lord uh, chooses to use people in his kingdom. And it's part of the privilege, mm -hmm. isn't it? Part of the, the works prepared in advance for us uh, to do. And that includes mm -hmm. all sorts of uh, gifting and roles. Uh, and the role of leader is very important. What does it look like? Where do we start? Well, I'm, I'm going to take the best and the easiest uh, answer to start mm -hmm. this podcast because it looks a lot like the Lord Jesus himself. Mm. Um, just think about his humility. Just think about his willingness to spend time with mm. people. Uh, think obviously of his character, of his uh, a perfection of holiness, which we can seek to imitate, although we never, we know we never will, mm. uh, with that same level of perfection. Mm. I'm studying the Gospel of. Uh, Luke in preparation for a, a, a sermon on Good Friday and uh, just focusing on uh, in Luke you know here is the king of the Jews says the sign and all around that be it the soldiers or the leaders or um, the, the unrepentant thief it, they you know call yourself the son of uh, call yourself the king of the Jews call yourself the chosen one call yourself the messiah and, you know, the, the Lord on the cross doesn't look like a leader that the world thinks of as mm. a leader. And I think just that that picture um, is really a very important uh, thing to remember. So that, that character and humility, I suppose in some ways it's, it, it's strangely helpful to look at some of his, uh, his apostles, uh, Peter, so many people's favourite <laughs> New Testament mm -hmm. um, character with his uh, failings and his idiosyncrasies and uh, yet clearly uh, called and set aside and prepared to be to be a very important uh, leader. Um, so if you want to look at characters, I'm a great, great fan of looking at characters because, of course, the scripture is full of characters. Uh, but then if you want to sort of think about what it looks like, um, sort of written down in a more systematic way, then, then you're going to go to the pastoral epistles. You're going to go to 1 Timothy 3 or Titus 1, and you're going to see that, uh, be it for a, a deacon or an elder, it, it's, it's all about character. It's all mm. about the character of uh, the person. It's mm. uh, the sort of character that every Christian should aspire to. Uh, you know, you should be able to look around your church in, in an ideal world and think, well, wow, we've got all these people of character. Now, who is the Lord particularly gifted to be the preacher, the treasurer, the church secretary, the, the Sunday school leader? Um, so I think that's, uh, that's, that's what leadership uh, looks like in uh, the Lord's church. Yeah, that's, it's good to, good to be brought back to those categories even of elder and deacon and, and remember that one, one of them obviously means servant so a, a leader serves and the the other is kind of a family title yeah. in the sense that he, yeah. the elder the the father the um the 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 older wiser loving kind um leader of our family 
And that, that says a lot, I think, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that whole picture, again, in the pastorals, the whole picture of the church as a, as a kind of household, yeah. uh, a household of faith, a household of, of love. And, uh, and within that, there are uh, God-given uh, structures and uh, responsibilities. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the Lord gives us helpful things to get hold of that we can understand uh, yeah. nice and easily. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're if you're familiar with Robert Clinton, uh, but I recently read uh, research that he had done on leaders. And yep. it estimates that uh, 70 percent of Christian leaders will finish poorly. They will not finish well. And. Um, you know, from your perspective, you've been in in the church in ministry. You're, yeah. You've been in training institutions. You've been part of church networks. Um, as as you've looked at and watched and walked alongside of uh, pastors and and elders and deacons, and why do you think that is? Why why do so many finish poorly? Yes, thanks, Justin. I I, I don't know that 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 work or or, or the research uh, specifically. It's quite a quite a sobering uh, statistic, really. Mm. I think again, this is observational, really. Just just people I look at. Um, I, I think of some brothers and friends who have got to the retirement age uh, in the UK. That's mid sixties. That's the official retirement age, although even that has changed uh, recently. And. I look at people then, you know, deciding, yes, we're, I'm going to step down from the ministry. And you do see people struggling. I've seen friends struggling for, for, for a number of years after they, they set aside ministry, uh, that sort of full-time ministry. And a couple, of, a couple of characteristics, I think, are important to observe. Uh, the one is that we need to get back to the basic idea of service. And, uh, of course, it's important, you know, that, that there is the office of pastor or elder. And that's an important thing. There's a scriptural idea that it's recognized. Mm -hmm. um, but we're called to be servants. Uh, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, that service needs to find a way of continuing to express itself, you know, when energy levels might be. Uh, failing a bit and uh, the memory for people's names etc might uh, might be not quite as good as it used to be I think there's still places to be uh, to, to serve and it's that willingness to carry on serving in whatever context is very important that's for the the, the minister themselves but churches as well I'm not sure that churches are always ever so good at thinking about um you know how a pastor is going to uh, finish well and retire well, uh, some people have very strong opinions about, oh, the retiring minister must move on. Um, I, I can see some wisdom in that, but I also think that's, that's not necessarily uh, true. I think if it's handled well, uh, I can think of some great brothers who are, uh, you know, still serving as, as elders. They used to be pastor. They remain as elder. Um, they, they help and encourage um, the sort of full-time guys who are coming after them. And as long as it's, it's done in a very open and brotherly way, I think that works, works quite well. So there's that whole thing about um, service. And then I guess related and perhaps even more fundamental, 
Um, your ministry finishes poorly. Well, that may be because the ministry has become too important to you. Uh, it may be because uh, you find your identity, that's a, that's a word of the moment, isn't it? Identity. Uh, ministers find their identity in I'm the preacher, I'm the leader, I'm the problem solver, I'm the counsellor. And in fact, we are servants of Christ. Mm. I think of the Apostle Paul, he had all those amazing background, uh, fantastic uh, <laughs> CV, both from his upbringing in the Old Testament and then God's amazing work in him. But then in Philippians, he says, you know what, I, I want to know Christ. I want to know him in his sufferings. I want to uh, know him in his, his resurrection. I want to know him now, and I'm looking forward to knowing him uh, into the ages in eternity. So it is keeping that fundamental thing first. It's my relationship that with Christ that is the most important thing. Now, functionally, that will hopefully help ministries not to finish poorly but even if you know maybe towards the end of a, of a ministry things aren't going quite so well it won't be as devastating if if the relationship with Christ is is still there it, you know maintaining that relationship with Christ I think is a real challenge for pastors I, I can mm. testify to, to that myself um you know, you get so taken up with today's responsibilities and the responsibilities of the Lord's Day and uh, yeah. the, the deacons meeting and the elders meeting and um, this pastoral crisis has arisen uh, that, uh, you know, especially if you quite enjoy that, <laughs> it's almost mm. more dangerous if you do get a, a bit of a sort of adrenaline rush out of these things. Um because you, can't, you know, you start thinking, oh, wow, this is great. I'm so successful, aren't I? Uh, and you forget the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a very dangerous place to be. So we always have to keep coming back to that. Mm -hmm. you know, keep up your personal quiet time. Or keep up, you know, give yourself times to come apart with uh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I mean, it, it is. Uh, yeah, I need to look at that. I need to look at those statistics more carefully. <laughs> See if mm. we can work out what is exactly going on in that research. Yeah, well, and I, I think um, people being complex and every every minister, every church being so different. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's yeah. a number of things that contribute to that. I, I do think uh, you hitting the nail on the head of of identity in Christ, intimacy with, with Jesus. Oh. I heard a brother just yesterday say, um, if the Son of God, knowing that he was about to return to the Father, right, the, John 13 stresses that, he knew he was about to return to the Father and, and enter back into his glory, and that's when he stooped to wash the disciples' feet. And yeah. um, this brother just said, if, if I can remember who I am in Christ, then there's no service or calling that's beneath me or too low um, yeah. too too difficult even for me to do if but i've got to i've got to remember that yeah yeah it's yeah, yes. so important well Paul, let me ask you this it, it 
it seems like every few months we hear about leaders, perhaps pastors, perhaps CEOs of Christian ministries, and we hear about them being involved in scandal. Yeah. And uh, often the outcry after the fact is there, there should have been more uh, a robust safeguarding policy or, or the board should have been more involved. And, and I'm sure you'd agree with that, but those policies aren't, aren't the central issue, are they? What, what, would, what should we be thinking about instead of that, or at least alongside of that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, there's been a, a few here in the, uh, the UK recently. I won't, I won't name people. That's not, that's not fair. Um, but some have been uh, sexual sins. Some have been uh, sins of, of domineering uh, leadership. Um, you know, it has been it has been quite sad to observe. Uh, in one of those cases, uh, the the, um, the organisation asked uh, another organisation that uh, does deal with safeguarding uh, child protection, uh, vulnerable adult protection, and uh, surprise, surprise, they said, "Oh yes, the, the problem here is safeguarding," which I sort of thought in the midst of that very, very sad situation actually did make me uh, just a wise smile came across my face because it, it, it's, 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 it's almost too easy to say, well, with the correct procedures in place, um, then that will, that will solve it. Now, those things help, but they, 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 they can't possibly solve it. Um, going back probably 15 years now, there was uh, another horrible case in uh, a small London church where uh, they had a fantastic safeguarding policy. They had a fantastic, um, robust eldership. And a, a wolf crept into that, that church who did terrible things, really, and did it in an astonishingly deceptive way mm. and you know yeah so so these things happen we are in a fallen world and so we shouldn't be completely surprised when these things happen they should always shock us I suppose but on the other hand you can you know if it's the shock of self-righteousness then that's a bad sort of shock if it's the it's the shock of sorrow and uh, that leads us to lament. That's probably more the right sort of attitude when we look at these situations, be it, be it in a local church or be it in rather more famous <laughs> things that get into the Christian or even worse, the secular, the secular press. So, mm. yes, so it's, structures are important. It's interesting that some of the, the recent problems that so I'm thinking about in the UK have actually been in Christian organisations rather than churches. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the Lord has given us very clear structures for, for churches and uh, the mutual accountability of leaders is, is vital uh, in, a, in, a, in a spiritual, ecclesiological uh, way of thinking and not in a, not in a, a, a legal safeguarding way of thinking so that's important that church is functioning as church i think it's important that men in leadership have true friends friends mm. who will rebuke them 
I think this is always, it's always been a case that people often gather around them, uh, people who will agree with them, you know, people of, of like mind uh, will, will get together and that's, that's no surprise, that <laughs> can be very uplifting and um, we can push one another on and stir one another, stir one another up, but it is dangerous if you only ever get affirmed in, in what you're doing. So to find some true Christian friends who will uh, rebuke you as well as laugh with you is mm. absolutely, absolutely vital. Um, so that's that's more relational than structural. Although there's there's obviously always there's, there's structure in, in 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 those situations as well. I think part of it might be that we're actually we just hear about it more. You know, a scandal breaks and all of a sudden it's all over the internet, and um, it can sometimes take on a life of its own before you really know. It's actually quite surprising that so many of these sins do remain hidden because it's so difficult to hide anything these days because um, mm. you feel like you're being, being watched um, on social media uh, the entire entire time. So there's, there's an aspect that we're just hearing about it more. I'm sure these things have always been true uh, down through, through history. And again, we must have be sober-minded and remember uh, the, you know, the, the do just the way sin works to to trap us and ensnare us mm. and for individual men they also they just need good elders and good friends i'm going to come back to to character again you know, what sort of leader are you are you the sort of leader who will get down on his knees and wash people's feet are you the sort of leader that uh you know, you'd you'd look exactly the same if you were running uh, a secular charity or a secular business. Now, there are some overlaps in leadership, I think, but I sometimes mm. get worried there's a bit too much uh, of that. Um, you know, because the, the Lord Jesus says you don't want to be leaders as the world thinks of as leaders. You must be servants. Mm. And uh, you know, we in leadership individually and together we must we must continually um keep that in mind mm. and, and the church again you know the church has got some responsibility in this you know we, we do have a tendency to to somewhat lionize people to to put people on a pedestal and it's always the danger we want, we want good clear leaders people who will uh, both give a vision as well as <laughs> uh, being in the front ranks of the the, the troops as it were Right, but you know, they're just men. They're just mm -hmm. men. They're just yeah. men, and our King is Jesus. And actually, He's mm -hmm. out in front. He's out in front of the troops, isn't He? Because mm -hmm. He is. <laughs> he yeah. is the one that we should be. We should be following. So mm -hmm. yes, it, it, they always bring great sorrow um, and puzzlement as well. Because you you read these things and you just wonder, well, what is what is the whole story here? And it just throws you mm. into Jesus again. Yeah, and I, I think um, it's important for people to to remember that while doing a, a degree in engineering might make me uh, an engineer, or doing a degree in journalism might make me a journalist, but doing a degree in leadership and doing a degree in ministry doesn't actually make me a holy person or a 
Christ-like leader, no. has it? No. Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, we, we do we do try and emphasize that in in you know as we train people here here at Union. You know, we have a one of our first year courses is all about well half of it is is about character before we mm. get anywhere near how you you know handle the word of god as it were yeah. um so yeah but 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 yes you can have all the skills but without that character it really mm. will it will it will it will eventually fail i think there's a yeah. you know, <laughs> i think there can be a time delay in this you know i, I think yeah. you can see uh people and I, I've, I've spoken to people who they seem to be okay. They seem to be okay, and, and you, you speak to them, and they talk to you a little bit about their own Christian walk isn't quite as great as it as it used to be, and you encourage them, and then they seem to keep going, and they seem to keep going. They can even seem to have some fruitful ministry, but it's almost as though they're being stretched, <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, and then they get stretched beyond a breaking point because actually they've been relying on themselves all this time and uh yeah that's a that that's another part of the the deceptiveness of sin isn't it you know mm. it, it, yeah. i mean some, some sins sort of cause an immediate catastrophe but a lot of them are just building up over time slowly weakening and undermining your ministry until it goes snap well you, you mentioned a a type of failure that I, I don't know if it's new, but it seems to be uh, more prominent in the church in the last few years. And that's uh, not one of sexual scandal, but one of leaders being authoritarian or controlling, unkind, yeah. and, uh, and then being asked to resign. Uh, why do you think, why do you think we, we seem to see an increase in that sort of, um, leadership failure. Yes, it is. It is an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, that I think there are some there are some interactions with what's going on in the broader culture uh, here, uh, because uh, when a society loses track of, of leadership and service and servanthood, and when a, a society uh, loses track of proper uh, authority, you know, structures of authority, um, be it in family or in church, um, not authoritarian, don't hear it, don't hear it like that, but there's, there's just those, those proper uh, biblical structures. Um, right. When that gets lost, uh, you get this sort of flattening down of no one seems to know who can take authority and, and how to take authority. And then in the midst of that, some unhelpful weeds pop up through that uh, when there's a, a, a lack of proper uh, biblical authority, I think that's when the, the danger comes that a, a wrong sort of authority can grow. Uh, again, mm. going back to that, you know, very sort of, person-centered, man-centered, um, gift rather than character-centered. Uh, I think there's a danger because, again, from a UK point of view, you know, the, the church is, is struggling in some ways. I'm not going to say there aren't encouragements, but, you know, you look around the UK and you think, goodness me, things have, have, have changed in so many ways over the last 
several decades. And again, that's a, that's a context in which someone who looks successful, ah, here's a person with the, uh, with the personality, with the skills, with the, with the program to, mm. to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and they may start off as, you know, these are genuine godly people and those gifts are from God. And this could be someone who the Lord is going to use because he definitely, definitely does use um, uh, specific leaders. But then that becomes detached. Saying again, saying almost the same thing, that becomes detached from the Lord. Um, that becomes a, a, a thing in and of itself. And the person... Um, and increasingly finds themselves having to to justify themselves when things don't go quite as well as they used to then they it turns into a self-promotion then you can sometimes i've seen leaders when things go wrong pick up on the 21st century idea of victimhood so you know it's the sort of strange sort of martyr system um martyr syndrome where oh woe is me look how look how godly i am because i'm suffering and yeah that's not quite what well that's nowhere near really what the, the mm. apostle Paul is talking about uh, when he's talking about knowing the sufferings of christ so there's all sorts of societal um and authority problems going on which i think is the is the breeding ground for for these sort of problems and mm. then there is just men you know yeah, <laughs> there's that that old sort of very simple uh, description of the of the gospel, isn't it? Where um, uh, Adam and Eve took took God's crown and put it on themselves, uh, mm. and there's a tendency to uh, uh, to keep putting that crown on ourselves over yeah. and over again. You know, the yeah. the idolatry of the human. Um, who is who is who is the savior? Who is taking the place of uh, where God should be, where the Lord Jesus should be? Mm. So, yeah. so yes, it, it is. It is an interesting question to think about. Well, we are nearing the the end of our time together, Paul. But yeah. could you maybe help us think through uh, further resources that uh, we we've obviously talked more about the. Uh, maybe you'd say the pitfalls of, of leadership yep. or the, 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 the ways we can fail. Help us uh, recommend a couple of things that maybe we could look to to help us yep. move towards yep. Jesus and his way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, perhaps I can sort of, you know, I'll set the listeners a, a task, actually, from the Old Testament. Have, have a look at three kings, um, Saul, David and Solomon. And just reflect on what sort of leaders were they? All flawed, as we all are. Yeah. But look at how how their lives developed and how they made their mistakes in leadership and how they made their mistakes in disobedience. Uh, and then perhaps ponder, you know, what sets David out in particular, I think. As, again, and it's the man after God's own heart. It's that, that man whose who's heart, despite the, let's face it, quite outrageous things he did, um, the Lord was still at work at him. So maybe just a, a, you know, a little scriptural task mm. for you. Um, I came across a really interesting book that uh, a friend and brother sent to me a couple of years ago when I was going through a bit of a spiritual dry patch and 
very tired and worn down. And it's an author I hadn't I hadn't come across before. Um, and it's a chap called uh, C. John Miller. Interesting, he puts it has have a C at the front. Um, and there's a, two books really. There's one that's called uh, The Heart of a Servant Leader. Mm-hmm. And it just, I'm recommending it. I'm not sure that it's maybe better known in the States actually, but it, it just is full of really godly advice. So it recalls some, some letters that he sent into real situations of, as he helped and supported both church members and missionaries and other pastors. It was, it was a real blessing to me. So I, I want to. Mm. I want to, to say that he he he, he doesn't he doesn't know that there's another good book by the same author on repentance, uh, and perhaps mm. that's a subject I would want to us uh, to maybe finish on really that that we need that 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 sense of ongoing repentance. Yeah, and repentance doesn't stop at that, <clears throat> that moment of conversion, and he, you know he paints a lovely picture of on your knees you are utterly honest and despairing of yourself. And then the Lord Jesus comes along and he says, now stand and serve me. Mm. Um, it's, it's almost, you know, you have to have an extreme understanding of sin so that you can have an extreme understanding of the grace of God. And in that light, we are then free to, yeah. to carry on walking. But it is in that, it's finding that place of, absolute honesty before the Lord, you know, yeah. pray that we, that we don't deceive ourselves. Mm. Uh, so that, 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 that's a, that's a great, uh, great yeah. resource. And then ju- just yeah. to sort of, there's, there's a book I'm using with the, the current students. It's a, it's, it's just called On Being a Pastor. And it's by Derek Prime and Alistair Begg. And I remember yeah, the original book by uh, Derek Prime was one that I used um, three decades ago when I was training. And this has been kind of rewritten and updated. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a lovely introduction to, to pastoral ministry. But that starts with chapters on life and character. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just really, I, I really enjoyed uh, revisiting, as it were, an old book, but yeah. uh, a book that's been been updated uh, and, yeah. uh, and given some new life by Alistair Begg as well. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, the C. John Milley, Miller books are um, are around our house for sure. We, okay. uh, Good. I would add my my support to to that recommendation. I look forward to exploring the uh, Prime and Bag book. Um, thank you for those recommendations. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Looking forward to having you on uh, for another two conversations in the, the two weeks ahead. Right. Looking forward to it. We would love to stay in touch with you. The best way to do that would be to head over to reffellowship.org. That is R-E-F fellowship.org sign up for our newsletter we'll be able to keep you updated on upcoming events upcoming resources upcoming gatherings etc thank you again for joining us here on the reformation fellowship podcast god bless